This is Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. This week, holiday hell. We talked to the leader of Westchester Citizen Therapists, along with a member of Indivisible New Rochelle, about how to survive the holidays with Trump-supporting family and friends. I'm Shannon Powell. I'm Suzanne Berger. And I'm Jen Wei. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. So Thanksgiving is Thursday. Today we're going to talk about the holiday season and spending time with Trump supporters in your family. So this is stressful, right? Especially with impeachment in the air. Suzanne, let's just start with the holiday season and why it's stressful to begin with. You're a therapist. Tell us why the holiday season is tough. It's tough on a number of fronts, even without introducing politics. For one thing, there is this kind of TV and media-driven and commercial-driven fantasy that gets conveyed that it should be this magical time full of love and joy, and people have fantasies and unrealistic expectations that whatever issues they have in their families or themselves are going to disappear. It's compounded by the addition of the pressure that people feel to get out and go to every event, buy gifts for everyone, all the additional demands on them. For a lot of people, it's also a time when they reflect back on their childhood and they either long for something that they feel they've lost, or for many, it's even something they never had that they just hope for. So let's talk about the politics of surviving the holidays. When you add politics to the mix and Trumpism for a lot of people, how does that make matters worse? Jen, you have Trump supporters in your family, how do you cope? I think I think that's the age-old struggle is I think your coping changes each time you're with, you know, the certain members of the family. Uh, the context matters, like, you know, what was the news cycle that day or that week? And also, if you're with in-laws, what is your current situation with your spouse or your sibling? And I think all of those things come into play and it becomes a juggling act and you have to basically pick your battles. Um, And there's also, um, I think, the internal struggle of people feel obligated to behave a certain way or to show up because it's cultural, traditional, historical. or And a lot of people, I think when it comes to our families, we have guilt. So we're acting in a way where we think we're, we're supposed to be a certain way. So I think, you know, whether there's political uh, disagreements or not, I think there's that struggle anyway. So I think, you know, I think most people cope by just grinding their teeth and, you know, really being stressful. I think a lot of alcohol is involved, uh, especially during the holidays for that reason. And then when there's children involved, I think people Mm. are cognizant to how they have to curb their expression. So uh, I just think it's one of those crazy times and people have accepted that it's going to be, you know, something they have to get through. Suzanne, are you finding that people are more stressed out in this political environment? Definitely. Definitely. So I I find that I have people already coming in and whether they're talking about in-laws or or their own family, it's often overlaid on an already challenging relationship and those two get commingled. So it's really important for people to recognize, is this a strong relationship that's being challenged by the current 
political climate, or are there a lot of issues there and they're kind of blending together? And it's going to be very different, and the way of coping is going to be very different depending on that. Have you found that impeachment and what's going on politically at this time is also making it more challenging now that we're almost three years into this administration? Definitely, because I think that a lot of Democrats and left-leaning people are on the edge of their seats hoping that, that, that Trump is finally going to be removed, whereas, um, you know, apparently about 23% of Americans get all of their news from Fox. That's all they get. Right. And so they're convinced that this is all fake news and a sham. And so there, there's no way to have a dialogue. It's hard that. to have a conversation. It's interesting you mentioned Fox News because my mom has a rule. If somebody comes to her house, they're welcome to... You know, it's home to everybody, but she does have one rule that you can't turn on Fox News. But this is great if you're having people coming over to your house. But if you're going somewhere else where you can't set the ground rules, what do you do? How do you cope? Well, in, in our situation, uh, my husband had actually requested with his parents that whenever we all get together... Uh, that we do not turn on any news, actually. And that was agreed upon only because there were young children around and we had children at the age where they could understand what was going on and being said on television. Uh -huh. um, of course, though, um, I did have a, you know, a one adult break that rule in the car and oh, put no. on conservative talk radio. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a little give and take and, you know, we know that, you know, certain members of the family are more giving and willing than others, so I think you uh, finagle and try to make your deals. And I think there's the, the kind of broader issue of do you plan beforehand? Do you mm -hmm. have a conversation prior? If it is close family, even if you are the guest and not the host, to set some, some ground rules, not just around uh, TV or radio or other media, but to talk about are we going to have political discourse. And there's some ways that some families are able to do it, but you have to have certain ground rules around am I asking questions with respect and curiosity or I am I really here to win my point and to try to persuade and and it, we know that right now people are way too polarized to be able to do that in a constructive way most of the time but if you can have a discussion about setting ground rules, that is a good thing to try and accomplish. Definitely. So we asked our listeners to share some stories about how they've dealt with Trump supporters in their family. Um, and one person said, kind of along those lines, agree to disagree and change the subject, then pass the potatoes and finish your meal. Uh, she adds, if your family is incapable of decency, don't go. If you do go, take the high road and refuse to engage. You can't control what they will say. You can control how you respond. What do you think about that? I think for the most part, I am in full agreement with that. I think keeping respect for oneself and others and saying we're just going to agree to disagree and there's no value in coming out of any more conversation here. I It's what I do often when I work with couples. It's like until you are open to... Um, you know, being as interested in, in the opposing viewpoint as your own, there's no point in having a conversation. So I, th I think it's generally sound advice. And, and the other piece is to stay, you know, not, not to be pushed around. Like if someone's mm -hmm. being really contemptuous, to say to get up and, and say, I'm, I'm going out for a walk right now. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And that brings up another point that was made. Uh, we always agree on decency, said somebody, their own and my own. 
I refuse to allow them to stereotype me, and I refuse to stereotype them. What do you think about that, Jen? Oh, it's so hard because I think a lot of us are told, especially now, you must always speak up and do the right thing, and your silence is complicity. So when you're mm. in a setting and you're with in-laws and or, or just even your own family members or even your friends, this has happened to me in a group setting where actually there might be friends and then people are like, why are you friends with them? But you know, the, I struggle with this and I don't have an answer for this. Again, I just, I think it depends on the day or the time, but if there, if this someone is saying something and you feel like the rule was that you're supposed to not say anything and walk away so you don't escalate a situation, but at the same time, for me, I wouldn't, I struggle with just ignoring it, you know? Yeah, so I'm not talking about ignoring it. Right. I think it's important to name it and to say, these were not the terms we agreed with, I need a break right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not ignoring it or push, sweeping it under the rug. Mm -hmm. It's saying, I'm not okay with this, but I'm not going to amplify it either. Right. So I think that that, right, that's hard. Um, and bringing up one more comment that somebody had, my in-laws, particularly my father-in-law, are ardent Trump Trumpsters. He regularly baits people, including myself, with yeah. political debates in which he screams, yells, curses. That's hard if you're dealing with that, even to get up and walk away, it's right? Pu it's pushing buttons, though, because it's like they are they want the fight, or they want mm -hmm. to egg you on and engage on that level. I would say depending on the nature of the relationship, if, if you have a relative that you have a real tie with otherwise, I would call them out on it and say, what is it in you that needs to do this? Mm -hmm. Right. Why, why must you, you know, have this fight exactly. all the time? What, what, is what are you right, seeking from this? What, what, what prompts you to do this knowing that it's not going to feel good to me? I don't understand. Help me understand. And, and I think one of the other things that I would say is, I certainly say this to a lot of couples and families I work with, talk about yourself. Don't get into the name calling. The, don't take the bait and say, well, what about what you do? Um, go back to, you know, I'm not okay with this or I, I feel otherwise. I believe other things but not, you know, what's wrong with you? That's just going to escalate. <laughs> is it worth trying to find a common place of agreement? I often use that tactic. I, it's pretty hard, though, in this situation, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> we might agree to disagree. I, I, I think right now, and especially in that kind of a setting with a lot of people, I think that's ongoing work where people mm -hmm. can do that over time, but I don't think you're going to do it at a Thanksgiving table. Dinner table. One comment that was entertaining. Why are people complaining? The economy is doing so well. I love this because it uses humor, which also I like to use. Um, a little bit of sarcasm to try and to try and diffuse the situation as well. What about that? That you know, actually, that just came up recently, where my uh, husband was at a friend's place, and you know, they're ardent Trump supporters. But um, and when I had asked, how could you stand it? Like how? Why are they that way? How can they support him? And it was the economy. They feel like he's doing a great job because of the economy. So it's funny because for me, that line really always gets me because 
I think, oh wow, your life must be so privileged and great that that's all you can care about and everything else is forgiven. So I struggle with that one. And I know, you know, that's what they have going for them. Yeah, so for you that's not funny, but maybe something else would be. Right, right, right. So what about humor? And so humor I think is great. I was just talking before with someone about um, the sketch that was on SNL a few years ago. It was pre-Trump with Adele and I can't remember who else was on, but it was about families fighting and all these horrible racial slurs that people were putting out there and um, the daughter in, in this skit uh, kept getting up and putting on an Adele song and then everyone <laughs> would just break out into, into I think song. I remember that one, right. And it was hysterically funny and I think, I think someone's got to take on that role of, you know, let's just not take ourselves so seriously right now. This is not going to, it's you know, if we room. want to enjoy family, let's find a way to enjoy each right. other. Right, somebody needs to be the court jester yeah. of sorts. Yeah. What about <laughs> what about people who just refuse to spend time with relatives they disagree with? Is that healthy? I mean, some people, that's, that's, that's how they go. It's a perfectly reasonable thing. People have what in my field we call cutoffs from family uh, members um, for a host of reasons. And again, building healthy, assertive boundaries um, it may for some people, it's unfortunate, it's, there, there's a lot of pain in there, there's a lot of mourning about a lost relationship, but in some instances that, that may indeed happen and it's, it, it's painful. Jen? It's tough, right? To it is tough. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't come from a family or my spouse. We're, we're not, you know, we don't have, for some reason we don't feel that the cutoff works for us either of us so you know we are engaged and we communicate with them but I think it's the um, but I we certainly do know people who have done that and we respect that decision um, yeah I think on one hand you can say it's sad but on the other hand I think that's the hardest thing to do so I hats off to people that I mm. you know who can do that because I think that takes more guts to stick to that's like a the brave the brave step almost. I think what in many cases we're talking about here for people is that this really isn't about politics. We say this is about politics or the political environment. They see this as a moral issue that the things that are associated with Trumpism have to do with moral issues and their values and these are areas that are really hard to to bridge divides. One of the things that I think is challenging is that people argue on the surface and get very polarized, black and white thinking, right, wrong, and most of the issues that people are disagreeing about in their families are really complex and, and very deeply rooted and have a lot of meaning. And if you're going to get into I'm right, you're wrong, uh, you're really going to lose both a sense of respect and a sense of complexity. There, there was a research uh, project that was done that showed that when people, before they come together in these conflict um, resolution discussions, when they first read an article that points out some of the complexities of an issue, they are much more receptive to listening, mm -hmm. not necessarily agreeing, but at least listening in a respectful and open-minded way. So we've spent a lot of time talking about family gatherings, but the holidays also mean other ga gatherings like holiday parties, you know, going to friends' homes, etc. How do you deal with those kind of situations? Because it's a little bit harder to set boundaries in those kind of social settings. Well, what I would say is 
there, there's a lot that people have to do when it comes to self-care. It's like noticing when you're getting activated and having strategies. And, and I can list a host of strategies that you might um, rely on, whether it's kind of in your mind's eye muffling the incoming information from someone whose input is toxic to you. It's like, can I imagine? It's like the, the peanuts thing of the teacher. Rah, 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 rah. Um, it's <laughs> right. like, I don't have to take it all in. Yeah. Uh, or looking at something in the room as a something that gives you a sense of I can be with this right now. Right. Um, or literally again, I'm taking a break when you need to. I'm going to uh -huh. get up and excuse myself. I'm going to go right. to the restroom or go get a drink. Another or drink, yeah. Something that's mm -hmm. like I don't have to either go into my extreme fight mode mm -hmm. or flight or freeze, which mm -hmm. is what we do when we feel threatened. Gotcha. Right. Right. I would also add, I think the strategy of it is key, is strategic planning. If you're going to see somebody, I mean, maybe a movie date is better than, you know, going into dinner because in the movies you don't get to talk much to each right. other, right? You have to listen yeah. to. Be careful what movie you pick, though. Well, true. <laughs> yes, again. So much strategic planning, so exactly. much work. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it just makes everything all that yeah. much more yeah. stressful. And, and so it's both strategic planning. I love that. And yeah. it's also, your what's your intention in going? Are you saying, well, there's enough about this person or this situation that I right. can find the good in it? Right. Or are you only going to focus on the things that are really triggering and if there's somebody who's toxic you don't have to spend a lot of time with them if it's a party can say hi nice to see you how are you okay uh, I need to go refill my drink or do whatever what can you do if a bad situation though gets out of control for example last year a friend I know there was a, a neighborhood holiday party and two people got in a political argument and it got so heated that one person left and threw a piece of lawn furniture across the yard and wow. everybody was like oh my god wow. you know what <laughs> and then right. it's like okay but it's kind of hard to be like oh back to the party i mean what do you do in cases when things just blow up yeah well, I, 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 you know story, i i'm right? a little bit i mean yes because that it's kind of after the volcano has erupted it's a little late, so I, I would say, again, prevention and intention that w if you recognize that something is building and you start to notice those warning signs for yourself, you can't control what someone else does, but if you're the person throwing the furniture, <laughs> notice beforehand, what you know, walk away, uh -huh. go get some water, um, I know, take right? 10 <laughs> deep breaths. Um, yeah. Say, I, I, I don't have, I will not be talking to this person tomorrow. I don't have to have them have such an impact on me. Right, because you don't want this yeah. to be a situation where it just then makes being even, you know, cordial neighbors impossible. Right, for but I, 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 you can't control what your neighbor's going to do. Yeah. So right. you, you, that, you, you just have to. can only control yourself. Yeah. But what there if, might be a host or a friend and you could, again, more strategic planning, but, you have know, a have a code word yeah. and say if it gets ah. to you know, crazy and it gets on that borderline, intervene or, you know, come pull me away or come with more round of drinks, something. Right. Or even set limits like, okay, instead of spending all day at Uncle Jimmy's house, maybe we're going to go yeah. just for dinner. And if, it, if right. it's getting rough, we're going to leave right after the, mm -hmm. the pie. And if it's okay, maybe yeah. we'll stay a little bit longer. Yes, I've had, I've certainly had couples who have made the determination where in the past they might have stayed, we're back to family and not, not a party, but where they might have stayed at their, their families over Thanksgiving or Christmas where they decide to stay either with friends if, or if they can afford it at, at a hotel or in, mm. or, or Airbnb or something. It's like, we know that we need a, 
a safe place away from here two or three days constantly together is just not going to work. Right, so strategic planning and self-care. One thing mm-hmm. we haven't touched on is you know, alcohol that can <laughs> that often it, flows it depends, right? during the holidays, I mean, which can be good or bad. What do you do about that? Well, I, I actually have the perspective that it's, it's not helpful because mm-hmm. it is disinhibiting. Mm-hmm. And, and then people can say, well, it wasn't me. I just had too much to drink. People are still responsible for their behaviors, and, and alcohol adds fuel to the fire. So I, I would say if you know you're going into a situation um, that's going to be really stressful where you have to be your best self and you have to ground yourself, um, know, know that if you normally your capacity is for two drinks, don't have three or four. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> and I think if it's like driving, you know, if you're, if there's alcohol and you're with Trumpers, I think it, there's one person that has to be sober and, you know, <laughs> so that not everyone's thrashed. Right. You're a designated driver of sorts. Yeah. Is there anything that we can do to use these holiday gatherings as a learning opportunity? Sure. I think about groups like Better Angels and others that have brought Republicans and Democrats together to try to engage in respectful dialogue. And I think for families that have this capacity, and right now there may not be as many as I would hope for, but there is a way to say, I'm going to ask about my uncle's position on on gun violence, let's say, given yesterday's events. because I really want to understand it. I'm not asking because I'm going to find holes in his argument. I'm asking because I want to learn something new that I'm just not getting. You want to kind of try and I understand really where they're coming from. I really want to from. understand, and I'm curious, and I'm not going to shoot him down, and I want him to feel like there's space for him to express his perspective, even while I hold my own. I don't have to feel threatened is by there his a, perspective. Is there a specific way to, to engage that way to actually so that it does uh diffuse the conversation going into it so it is so they they they, so that they know that you aren't trying to put them on the defensive but you really do want to learn i i think you can say i'm really starting off with i really you know i know we we see things differently and i really want to understand and then when you hear the, the the responses not going to your position saying okay so i'm getting that this is it's kind of validating and and affirming that you got what they're saying and and then asking a question that maybe deepens the conversation so where where in your life do you think these beliefs come from oh that makes sense to me once you hear it so it's it's a way of really reinforcing there's space for for both of us here um i'm not going to try to persuade you right now i'm really just trying to understand you any other tips that you guys have for people that we haven't touched on? I, I think some of the other tips are really self-care in, in a lot of ways. So making sure you're sleeping, uh, making sure, I mean, that nutritionally that, that you're doing uh, what you need to, exercise. Um, for a lot of people, getting some of that fight energy out in some other physical activity. I often encourage families to plan either a you know, family football game or a mm-hmm. hike or something on Thanksgiving Day. It's like, let's move some of this fight energy that we all have out of our bodies. Oh, that's great advice. What about you, Jen? Um, I think it's, you know, designating uh, somebody who can be neutral or maybe not so toxic and maybe just choosing to engage with that person more so than, you know, the 
most toxic person in the room or, you know, whomever triggers you, you know, don't choose not to sit right next to them at the dinner table and maybe go with the other person. And, but also just have a plan in place, know where all your emergency exits are, Yeah, you know, figuratively too. So, and the holidays will end. It won't be forever, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, ladies, so much for being here today. Sure thing. And have a great holiday season. Cheers. May we all survive. Thank you. <laughs> thank Cheers. Thanks for listening to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. Proud member of the Demcast Network. Find us online at indivisiblewestchester.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Most importantly, keep on resisting.